Roll sound, Scotty. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! Thinking Paul's podcast with Scott with Paul. Hello. Good afternoon. We're not officially out of lockdown. Nearly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, you're in my support bubble. I'm in your support bubble. You're actually sitting here today. Human contact. <laughs> uh, you haven't laid a finger on me, thank God. <laughs> oh, it, it just—I just needed to see somebody. This is what you said to me the other day, wasn't it? It's just the stir crazy, the cabin fever. Yeah, just. just Having days off and just sitting at home doing nothing. <laughs> Whereas, what do you do on your work days? Sit at home. Yeah. Trying to look busy. Yeah. There's only a certain amount of shops you can go to to try and buy food that you don't need. Yeah. No, it's good, mate. Just, just get back in the swing of it. Talking about what I'm hoping is a decent movie. This was your choice. Yes. Just randomly, wasn't it? Was it, was, it random? There was. It, it there was, was carrying some... on from. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. I just chose to pick a Cary Grant film, didn't I? That was how it came, yeah, because you couldn't think of a classic movie or what direction to go in, so I said just pick an actor and then look at the filmography. Yeah, and um, I'd obviously seen Grace Kelly in a previous one we'd done, which was uh, Rear Window. Rear Window, and we've done another Grace Kelly as well, I'm sure. Uh, high society we've covered as no, well yeah not me um so yeah i thought i'd further my education with mr hitchcock as well yes i've seen various hitchcock films over the years haven't seen this one but you've made up for that because since you said you were going to watch it you've watched this twice now i have yeah <laughs> yeah surprisingly well yeah because we recorded that to kill a mockingbird episode on my birthday or round about my birthday which yeah. was the beginning of February. Yeah. And it only went out mid-March. So you probably watched this film... Beginning of February. Beginning of February. Yeah. <laughs> so I've seen it twice in mm, six weeks. That's good. That's good. Okay, so you're okay going back to watch it a second time then. You must have found something in the first viewing that meant yes. you happily go back. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's To Catch a Thief. It's Alfred Hitchcock... It's Cary Grant, it's Grace Kelly, it's Paul's Choice. We'll be back after this. Trailer! 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 Cary Grant and this year's Academy Award winner, Grace Kelly... Two exciting personalities who were made for each other. 
And now, Alfred Hitchcock brings them into very close contact in this perfect tale of romantic intrigue, filmed on the beautiful French Riviera. You have a very strong grip, the kind of burglar needs. That's why you came out here, isn't it? The scandalous romance that shocked even the blasé international set between this restless, thrill-hunting American heiress and the notorious man of mystery the French underworld called the Cat. For the game they played was not played for money, and the characters they played with played for keeps. No one but Hitchcock could create such relentless excitement, filling the screen with fireworks as he matches the blazing talents of these two great stars in the love affair of the year. Look, John. Hold them. Diamonds. Have you ever had a better offer in your whole life? One with everything. Come down, Robbie, or we shall be forced to shoot. Okay, To Catch a Thief, released in the UK 1955, directed by Alfred Hitchcock, starring Cary Grant, Grace Kelly. According to Wikipedia, I'm not going to IMDb, unless you've got a synopsis there that you want to go to. I'll just read what it says on Wikipedia, mate. It says, To Catch a Thief is a 1955 American romantic thriller film directed by Alfred Hitchcock from a screenplay by John Michael Hayes based on a 1952 novel of the same name by David Dodge. Film stars Cary Grant as a retired cat burglar who has to save his reformed reputation by catching an imposter preying on the wealthy tourists of the French Riviera. Grace Kelly stars opposite him as his romantic interest in her final film with Hitchcock. Go for it, your your film, your baby. Let's let's hear it. I've seen Hitchcock films before. This is not a typical Hitchcock film. <laughs> it's very much it's light-hearted okay he always has or some of his films he has a bit of humor yeah not not much there's definitely he's definitely playing on the fact that Cary Grant is quite a humorous actor oh god never afraid to take the piss out of himself yep and also it's not as suspenseful as all his other films that's the big thing I noticed I think the element of suspense that he was known for yeah isn't the overriding there's, factor in this there's little bits of it um on the rooftops and like in in the very 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 dark sequences that you can't blooming see what's going on yeah but there's a reason for that because you're not supposed to see who it is yeah but like you um jumping ahead in the mm. woods outside the place that they were uh sort of supposed to be looking at to burgle where he mm. And it's just like, I I thought it was because I had the sunlight beaming in, but I've watched it a couple of times, and you just literally can't see anything. You don't know what's going on. Right. Um, which, again, suspenseful, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, element of suspense because you haven't got a clue what's actually happening. Okay. Um, but one thing, I, I think when I first watched this, like six weeks ago, I, I 
text you afterwards mm. and the one thing I mentioned was I think I'm in love with Grace Kelly <laughs> do you know for people that don't know Grace Kelly's work from our age or even younger or whatever and you show them a Grace Kelly movie she she's, everybody has the same reaction she's stunningly beautiful <laughs> her acting is just sort of natural it's very she doesn't overact and in certain points you might not say she's particularly acting that well but yeah. she she just doesn't seem to be trying so it's it's kind of like effortless yeah and you could just especially as the character she portrays here it just seems naturally her <laughs> <laughs> perfectly suited to her yeah. yeah she plays the rich socialite very well she did the same thing in rear window yeah um, i think she was a fashion reporter or something but she she had some sort of like breeding to her uh, definitely in high society she's a rich socialite in high society and as you say stunningly beautiful it's the old alfred hitchcock blonde Always tried mm. to get a blonde bird in his movies, you know, whether it be Tippi Hedren or uh, Janet Lee, you know. And she did three movies with him. This is the last of the Hitchcocks that she did. She did Rear Window, she did Dial M for Murder. Yeah, I think she only done one more movie after this. Or Possibly, this? because this is where she met Prince Rainier, wasn't it? Yeah, because they are south of France. literally in the south of France. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure this is where they, she first met him. And then he met her again in Hollywood. He came over to Hollywood, I'm sure, because I've seen pictures of it somewhere. Mm. And literally within a couple of years, year after this. Yeah, they got married in 56, I think. There you go. So, yeah. yeah. This would have, although it came out in 55, I think it was filmed in 54. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's the whole connection there. You know, the Hollywood star becomes a real-life princess, mate. I mean, how much of a teenage girl's dream at that point would would this have been i want to be a hollywood star then marry a prince that is absolute fairy tale isn't it never happen again no it probably will never ever happen again the closest we got is a american tv tv star oh. <laughs> that married a prince and fucked the royal family and opened up a whole can of worms basically <laughs> Yeah, that's about as far as the parallels go with that. We've got the film on in the background, which is something we don't normally do, because lately we haven't even been in the same bloody room, you know. No, not even in the same town. No, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I've just popped on the Blu-ray, showing off the new TV, and it, it does look bloody impressive. This is the first thing we've just said, isn't it? Yeah, it, I mean, we were saying that this filmed in 54, 55, the the brightness of the colour and and I mean there is so much colour in there in the marketplaces, in the scenery, in the landscapes. It it's just beautifully filmed. And I did notice when I was looking through afterwards it did win an Oscar for cinematography. It's quite rightly, I'd have yeah, thought. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's fist division, isn't it? We noticed, which is Sorry, a fairly. I thought you said fist division. That's, that's, that's a whole other, different That's bulgar. on the other channel, that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, which again was a fairly new process, you were saying, wasn't it? Yeah, right uh, this is Hitchcock's first use of it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it would have only come out 
in in the years coming up to this. Yeah, I mean, for, for those that are more technically minded, it's something to do with the way the film is developed and projected horizontally instead of vertically, or something that makes the widescreen more widescreen. Yeah, and yeah. It, the colours, you know, separated out differently to whatever process you know was going. And it's 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 that era, that fifties era. Remember, we spoke about this before, mate, where television was killing the cinema industry mm. so widescreen had to come in and epic length movies you know and, and also later. quite i mean this was still quite an early use of color like yes there was color films out but a lot of films oh, still a lot of films of the 50s were black and black and white and and that's the, the other competition they had with tv you yeah. didn't have color tv in 55 yeah. i don't think i wouldn't have thought so i don't think so no because no, I, th- I think like the BBC was only like late 60s, 67, yeah. 68. But yeah, look at it. I mean, I mean, we've got this on in the background, and all right, this bit might be in the studio, and it's got a bit of a background of can in the background. Yeah. But we said before we went on air, it's not the best Cary Grant movie, it's not the best Hitchcock movie, but when you get Hitchcock, Kelly, Grant together in a location that sells the film yeah. without even trying, you're going to get something pretty decent, aren't you? Yeah, and I'd imagine that when this came out, there was quite an influx of tourism to... Obviously, Cannes is already a big resort, but a lot of people would have seen this and gone, do you know what? Oh, I fancy going there on holiday. Yeah. I mean, it's just before jumbo jets and the you know the travel industry yeah, so really the, took off yeah this would have been drivable just 24 hours drive and it for, for us yes, yeah yeah of course yeah but it's still quite exclusive you get the feeling mm. it's a very exclusive resort oh yeah know. yeah it's um millionaire's playground that's yeah the likes of me and you wouldn't have gone there <laughs> oh god no mate. margate that would have been us <laughs> so i'm getting the distinct feeling you quite like this I just found it such an easy watch. Mm. Um, it's a really warm film, okay. but both in the colour <laughs> and the the fact that it, it's just easy going. There's not you haven't got this really difficult plot to follow. The plot is simple. Yeah, it's he was a cat burglar. He's not now. Someone's imitating him. They, he's going to be arrested for it, so he needs to find out who the real one is. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a few different suspects throughout the film that on a first time watch I was like oh is it him is it her how long did you think it was Grace Kelly oh yeah (laughs) yeah definitely thought it was Grace Kelly especially when she started questioning uh, at the picnic when Mm -hmm. it's like I know you're John Ruby and I had suspicions it was the um, The Danielle Mm. yeah um, but yes, different things throw you off. Well, the thing is, as well, prior to every single burglary, Cary Grant goes out onto a balcony or whatever <laughs> and he looks up at a roof or something yeah. like that, deliberately, obviously, put in there by Hitchcock to like, is it him? That could have been the twist, it could have yeah. been him all along. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> would have been, oh, perhaps we should redo it. <laughs> But it's a beautiful-looking film, as you say. It's not too taxing. The thing for me, you just watch this, and it looks like a Hitchcock movie. There's something about a Hitchcock movie 
Mm. All right, there must have been other movies filmed in Vista Vision and filmed in Southern Europe and, you know, round about this time with big stars like this. But I don't think they ever would have looked like this. Um, no, I mean, you'd have had, like, the Monte Carlo... Um, what was it? The car races across Europe. Yeah, the Monte Carlo on bus was yeah. the later, wasn't it? Yeah, but, but again, similar scenery. Yeah. Um, I don't... Well, I haven't seen them recently, but I don't recall them looking as, polished as, as this, good as this. Yeah. Or is it because of the fact the technology, this is what we were saying as well. Yeah, because there's a certain amount of upscaling on new TVs, on Blu-rays themselves. They On a big screen TV, it looks better than on a big screen cinema sometimes yeah. because of the medium it's you know, shown, even though the atmosphere really is perfect for a cinema. You know, it has to be shown on a big screen cinema, mm. but... What I'm finding now that a lot of those classics that I first watched as, an, um, as a young teenager, now they're coming out on Blu-ray rather than VHS. Yeah. And I've now got a decent-sized TV, 4K, whatever it may be. I'm re-watching these again as if it's like the first time. And I watched this last night for the first time in probably a couple of years, two or three years. Mm. And even then, I'm, I'm just struck with, like, it's a beautiful-looking film. That's all it I is, yeah. It. Um, with, as you say, it's not the best Hitchcock film. It's 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 nowhere near the plot of a fantastic movie. Yeah. But when you combine everything, the mm. sum of its parts. I know <laughs> or, what you're trying the, to say. The film <laughs> is more than the sum of its parts. Yeah. The elements are there to make it a good-looking movie. Mm. You know, you've got one of the most beautiful women in the world. <sighs> Cary Grant, tempted out of retirement. You know about the story about Cary Grant being tempted out of retirement for this one? But Grant had retired a couple of years earlier from right, acting okay. because of the advent of people like Marlon Brando and the method actors. Mm. And in his mind, he sort of thought, well, the age of the 30s and 40s Hollywood heartthrobbers, gone yeah. now. The, the new generation takeover, James Deans and all that sort of thing. And he was tempted out of retirement because it was Hitchcock and because South of France, you know, and all this. Yeah. Sort of thing. Why not? Yeah, that's Grace Kelly. Yes, yes. please, here we yeah. go, right? And he went on to act for about another 11 years. After yeah, I was going to say, it definitely wasn't his last film, but I noticed he sort of knocked it on the edge like 70s some point early 70s I think, I think his last film was Walk Down Run which was early 60s oh was it and but after this he still goes on to make some of his best movies like North by Northwest yeah. is six years no four years after this which is Hitchcock again so, you know, he made the right decision. Um, in the book, John Roby is only 35. I, I did point out, right, I'm glad you brought up age. Go for it. Right, because I know times were different back then, <laughs> but the ages of the actors and who they were playing in this film is all over the place. Mm -hmm. So you've got 50-year-old Cary Grant playing 35-year-old... Well. Is he, or is he playing fifty-year-old Cary Grant? Yeah. Because the thing that the thing that made me wince a bit was Grace Kelly's mother was encouraging the relationship. Yeah, Grace Kelly's <laughs> mother, uh, Jesse Royce Landis. Go on, who uh, went on to play <laughs> Cary Grant's mother in North by Northwest, <laughs> which would have made her. 75 or something, wouldn't right. it? If, if he's she, 55 by then. She was 59 in this movie. <laughs> Cary Grant was 50, 51. 
<laughs> Grace Kelly is early 20s, isn't she? Grace Kelly is 25. There you go. Okay, right. so she's playing her age, I believe. Yeah, I'd, I'd say. Yeah, a little bit, little bit older. I'd say she was probably younger than um, she said, so about a 20-year-old or something. Bridget Alba, who played Danielle yep. Foussard. Um, you sound like something of hello, hello. A Foussard. Good meaning. I was just pissing back. Um she plays, I'm guessing, 18, 19 there in this film. There is something about being about 18. So, yeah, it say, says about her being a teenager when yeah. they're out on the float. Yeah. 29. She was really? four <laughs> years older than Grace Kelly was in oh, this movie. God. She's still alive, actually. I think she was acting up to not so long ago. And it was just like... You, I mean, there's a 25-year gap between Cary Grant and Grace Kelly. Yes. Yeah, it's okay. I mean... As a 50-year-old man, I wouldn't mind it. But <laughs> Well, nor did most of her other co-stars, because the rumour is, and I don't think it's, it is a rumour, I think this is pretty true, she slept with every single one of her male co-stars, apart from Jimmy Stewart. Okay. Definitely was having an affair with Gary Cooper in High Noon, and back then, she was Did she star with Bing Crosby in one? Did she with Bing Crosby? Yeah, well, she was in High Society. So, Frank Sinatra, possibly. He was in that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> but yeah, there's a there's a there's a Hollywood legend that she was sleeping with every single one of the main co-stars, male co-stars of every movie she appeared in, apart from Jimmy Stewart. Mm. Okay, different times. So, say so the Gary Cooper one's a famous one, but yeah, but it's easy to see. Look, we've got it on the screen at the moment, mm. and it's just a case of it's just just elegance, isn't but it? But do you notice even in the screenshot with all three of them, there is a softer focus on Grace Kelly because <laughs> she's in the forefront. Of yeah. yeah, and every time you see her close up, if it switches from Cary Grant to Grace Kelly, it goes from a hard focus to a soft. You watch North by Northwest. Mm. Eva Marie Saint is a classic example of that, um, and Vertigo as well. It's a Hitchcock thing. Yeah, These blonde leading ladies always have this. Song. Oh, it's not just Hitchcock. It's used mm. a lot mm. in even movies up until like ten, twenty years ago. If there's an attractive female lead, you'll you'll get that sort of glossy, <laughs> sort of soft focus. It was a big thing in the um, American soap operas. They yeah. always used to do it with Miss Ellie in Dallas. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I suppose before HD came in, well, yeah, because <laughs> you really, can't get away with it now. Say now, bloody hell! You know, it's, it, it, it shows everything, doesn't it? Walls yeah. and all, as they say. <laughs> I was quite taken by this film. Mm. Really enjoyed it at first watch. Think I enjoyed it even more when I watched it this morning. Yeah, um, just because I had more time to not focus on the plot and the acting itself, but just to look around, as it were, whilst you're watching. Yeah. You're still taking in the scenes, but you're just taking a bit more notice of the way things are done and why things are done. This is something you've started doing fairly recently. I'm hoping it's an influence of the podcast that you start now looking a bit at the technical side of things rather than taking the movie at face value. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's hard to do everything on the first watch. Yeah. Because I find then you, you detract from the enjoyment of a film. Mm. If you, if I like to just sit back, relax, watch a film. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the second watch gave me a chance to analyse, and not in a bad way, just and I'm not picking holes in anything. It's mm. just gives you time to notice little Techniques things. Yeah. Well, you pointed out 
when we saw a shot earlier that there's a helicopter shot. The camera's in the helicopter and it's following the car chase. Yeah, right at the start when uh, the police go for John Roby at his house and he escapes and there's a beautiful helicopter shot of the roads above uh, Cannes mm. where it pans round but has to be perfectly paced with the car because the car goes out of sight round a corner. It's one of those and typical the, windy yeah, roads, isn't and it? and the helicopter has to get round the buildings to get another view of it. And, and it, it stays in shot. Yeah, all the absolutely way perfectly done. And whether they done that first take or had to do a lot of takes, <laughs> that's an expensive bit of filming. It wasn't a common thing to hold helicopter shots back then. No. I mean, I think famously he used it at the beginning of Psycho, where it goes into the apartment building right at the very beginning. That was a helicopter shot, I'm sure. Mm. And and the problems they had with that, getting it right, even, you know, nearly 10 years later. Uh, so it would have been five years later, wouldn't it? It's 55, so Psycho was 60. Um, but it was something that Hitchcock liked to try. Mm. These days it'd be done on a drone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just some some kid sitting with his Xbox controller. <laughs> yeah, or, or it had been CGI'd. You know? Yeah. And that's the thing. Everything you see on the screen, pretty much, apart from the obvious, you know, the car shots with the green screens and the studios, yeah. and, is there, is physically there. Those backgrounds, those stunning backdrops are France, are real. They're there. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Just distracted slightly by this scene that's coming up yeah. where they're in um, Jessie's apartment or the hotel room yeah, yeah. it's what she does with this cigarette in a minute okay I don't know if you've noticed and I found it quite disgusting she gets oh, up egg. and s- snubs out There's this cigarette in a fried egg and apparently Hitchcock doesn't like eggs runny egg yeah. Hitchcock doesn't like runny egg yolk and there's two references to it. Here she goes, stubs it straight on the egg, yeah. Uh, the other one is when he goes to the restaurant yeah, and they the throw egg the egg at the window. window. yeah. Deliberately done by Hitchcock. But oh, that just reminds me of sleazy cafes <laughs> with workmen in that, like, you used, when you used to be able to smoke in cafes. and The fag butts go on the, tr- on the plate. Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> it's just horrible. I'm a smoker. I can't stand doing the, things like one that. One thing I'm taking away from this, apart from that egg, is is looking at Cary Grant there, obviously Mr. Suave, Mr. Elegance, and I'm buying a cravat. <laughs> I'm fucking buying a cravat, mate. And that is the way forward. I mean, if it gets you someone like Grace Kelly, you've got to wear it. But look at that. That is Mr. Cool. The trousers are a bit dodgy. Yeah, they're they're, they're you know, bit, those 50s trousers. And they're a bit Simon Cowell, aren't they? Yeah. A bit high up. But he's a good-looking man for 50. He's fucking two years younger than me there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Very brown. <laughs> he, he has definitely been in the south of France too long from that tan. Well, it's probably a, a California tan. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, absolutely cracking movie. I mean, any other any points or true? You like a bit of trivia, don't you, as well? Um, this. But Hitchcock, the Hitchcock appearance on the bus? Yes, spotted it, obviously. I spotted that well early in the first, like, ten minutes of the mm. film, isn't it? Mm. The car that she drove. Uh, yeah. Do you, know, it... do you know what make that was? And I couldn't believe it when I found out. No, go on. It's a Talbot Sunbeam. <laughs> Which, I mean, didn't later in... did used to be a 70s car, yeah, a Talbot Sunbeam, Yeah, but it? this was Chrysler the, had it this as was well, was Talbot Sunbeam Alpine Mark One, But ah, like, obviously, in, in our youth, a Talbot Sunbeam was some 
Weird, shitty little, shitty little yeah. thing, yeah. Because before Talbot, it was Chrysler. Chrysler Sunbeam had it Oh, before. right, okay. And then Tor- Chrysler was take, took over Talbot, or Talbot was part of Chrysler. Or yeah, it was. Um, and I'll tell you what, there used to be an advert for him in the 70s. Petula Clark had a This is totally random. Petula <laughs> Clark had a hit called Put a Little Sunshine in Your Life. And they changed the lyrics to it to put a Chrysler Sunbeam in your life or put a Talbot Sunbeam in your life. <laughs> oh Julia Clark singing it, yeah. Um, sorry, we are getting easily distracted by the sight of Grace Kelly in possibly the most ridiculous costume ever. The, the but, waving sort of yeah, costume with the slightly big... Bloody hair. hell she carries that off. I've just... I mean, considering <laughs> her hair is all covered and that, the mm. face is... She's such a beautiful woman. Yeah. And everyone as she yeah, passes everybody. looks at her. <laughs> Uh, easily distracted perhaps we shouldn't have had this on in the background I was looking a bit into um, Grace Kelly and obviously we all know that uh, tragically she died in 1982 in a car accident yes suspicious circumstances well I didn't know and I don't know how true this is but it it said that she had a stroke whilst driving that's the official and is it Stephanie See, it was Stephanie or Caroline. Isn't I think it was Stephanie was in the car, tried to regain control, yeah. but they didn't. They crashed, and she died within like twenty four hours. Mm. And again, I haven't researched this enough to Rumor, know if, isn't it? if Wikipedia or whatever is lying. But she crashed on the same road that is featured in this film, yes. um, near the picnic site. Yes, where they went, and I'm like, well, that's a little bit coincidental isn't it yeah but also the rumor that the the conspiracy theory is that she wasn't driving the car okay Kath, um, stephanie stephanie, was. stephanie would have been a teenager yeah, exactly, most exactly this is the thing she was letting her drive the car and she crashed the car the mum didn't she basically never had the stroke yeah because in most crashes the driver is the one that would survive because they're more likely to be protected with a seatbelt and things. And, mm. This is this is the story mm. behind it. So what, how true it is, obviously, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yet. and one of those things you'll never know. Um, little facts. The guy that played uh, Batani. Uh, yeah, who's the father of, who turns out to be the, yeah. the thief. Yeah. Couldn't speak English. All his lines were dubbed. There was some very <laughs> seriously bad dubbing in this yeah. at one point. And also, it lacked in subtitles at times, didn't it? Because there was little little tiny Spurs. bits of French that mm. you think, fine, we'll let that go. But then there was like a couple of minutes of them speaking French to each other and like, I know little bits. Yeah, you got the gist of that. Yeah, but a few subtitles wouldn't have gone amiss. It's obviously deliberate, mate, for some reason. Yeah, just to give you a bit more suspense, I suppose. You don't know what they're saying. (laughs) Here we go, mate. She was 52 years old when she died, the official story being she lost control of her car after suffering a stroke while at the wheel. But it's widely believed that her 17-year-old daughter, Stephanie, was in fact driving recklessly and lost control of the car, resulting in the crash and Grace dying from the injuries. I remember that being a thing. Mm. I mean, do you remember it? I, re- I remember when she died. It was a massive... I, I massive remember hearing on it, and mm. I remember... It wouldn't have affected you. You wouldn't have thought too much about no, it. No, no. I mean, obviously I'd have been 11, 12 at yeah. the time, and... Yeah, a few people said about it at school, but back then, I'd have known her just as a princess. I wouldn't have 
sort of known her as an actress sort of thing mm. um so yeah it was just like minor news to me talking about that helicopter earlier hitchcock asked if chase scenes could be filmed from a helicopter which required some ingenuity as camera mounts did not exist for this purpose at the time oh right okay gonna get technical Using a Sikorsi S51 UK registered GAJOV, a former BEA airframe, the side door was removed and the camera jerry-rigged with ropes, wires and cables. These shots were done in July 54, according to the making of documentary, which is included in the DVD. Yeah, because I suppose then the helicopters would have had sort of doors like car doors rather than... Um, well, they're more like bubbles, wouldn't they? Yeah, like yeah very much so. Um, whereas now you do get the ones that they use for like eye in the sky and whatever that you can slide the door back yes yeah and there we go this just confirms it while working on the film grace kelly met prince rainey of monaco it wasn't love at first sight for kelly but the prince initiated a long correspondence so i remember him there's there's things of him going over to hollywood and watching her in her next movie Mm. uh, led to their marriage in 56 she became princess grace of monaco and retired from acting although she did do some little bits and pieces did she and incidentally, where you just said where the, the film was filmed in the summer of 54, its release was delayed because the producers felt the age difference between Cary Grant and Grace Kelly was too great for their romance to be believable. <laughs> so a year was going to make all the difference. Yeah. Grant would have aged a year as well. Mm. <laughs> uh, ironically, when released in 55, the film immediately became one of the biggest hits of the decade. Yeah. And also, you go back further in time like even like after the war it was quite usual for a young female like 18 to 25 to be with significantly older men it it was wasn't frowned upon i know my father-in-law was early 30s late 20s early 30s with a 16 year old wife yeah my mum was 16 married my dad who was 24 yeah Mm. Yeah, um, it seems nowadays it's much more sort of, uh, oh, it's a bit bit old, <laughs> which is strange because older men then looked older. Yeah, but then so, so did the women sometimes as well. Not Grace Kelly in this particular no. case. But yeah, I know what you mean about, the, we always said this, didn't we? Teenage boys look like their fathers. Yeah, we've had this before, especially in in Real Britannia when we look at some of those British movies. I think the British kids definitely aged prematurely in those <laughs> movies. Definitely. See, look, Cary Grant in a in a ascot or a cravat. That's the way forward, mate. I'm sorry. You try that in the beating sun. <laughs> I'm going for it. I'm buying one. I'm buying one, and I will be wearing that at the barbecue I that we've been invited guarantee to. Guarantee you, the sweat will be pissing down your head. <laughs> You will not be looking cool. I will look cool. <laughs> I, I can pull off an escort, mate, if you'll pardon the expression. <laughs> so, final thoughts, mate. I, I know you've liked this. You've watched it twice and you've enjoyed it on both occasions. Yeah, it. I say, it's one of those films that shouldn't be anything more than a, a warm, easy film to watch on a Sunday afternoon, but... I really, really enjoyed it, and, and for watching it twice voluntarily within like six, six weeks, weeks, yeah, uh, and still being distracted from it now because it's on in the background. <laughs> I mean, um, 
Hitchcock, you're quite familiar with a few Hitchcock movies I've now, aren't you? I've seen Birds, I've seen Psycho, I've seen Rear Window. You've seen North by Northwest. I believe I saw that just down the road from here in the cinema when so I was no about there. seven or eight years old. Yeah, I don't know why my mum took me to see that at seven or eight. But. Oh, my God. So, so where does this rank in your Hitchcock viewings then? You've got to go back and watch the others now, haven't you? Yeah, I, I, I think as a movie, this rates higher to me than as a Hitchcock film. Oh, I, oh right. Okay. I, I wouldn't... I know it's by Hitchcock but I wouldn't say I wouldn't class this as a typical Hitchcock film if somebody so, asked to recommend a movie you'd say yeah watch To Catch a Thief but yeah, you wouldn't make a big thing of yeah, it being a Hitchcock it's lovely. Right, and yeah. I mean I can see films further down the line have taken bits from this I see a lot of Pink Panther in that this. came to me as well it's just it's the setting mm. it's uh, if you had like if that police sergeant or whatever had been a bit of a buffoon right (laughs) this could have been a pink panther movie yeah it's it's that whole escapism thing isn't it because people couldn't travel yeah yeah yeah. so much you know it didn't become a big thing until the package holidays of the early 60s you know it's it's just an escape for people it was romanticism it's like it was, it was either this year or the year after Around the World and 80 Days come out with David Niven that won the best picture. Yeah. Took people everywhere, you know, and it was all filmed in Panavision yeah. and, you know, all uh, of that And that's it. Apart from documentaries, people hadn't seen half the world that was only a, a, a touch away sort of thing. And certainly not in colour, in widescreen. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what it is. And yes, it, it, it does look like this movie is from 1955, but at the same time, it hasn't aged. No. I no, don't it's... think it has. I think we could show this to kids, and yes, they would laugh a little bit at some of the attitudes, yeah. the this, clothing. This bit with the uh, driving along and there's a... The green screen A, a green screen. The, it's not so bad because it's side-on. It's yeah. when they get chased in a minute. <laughs> there we go. And you see it through the wheel, yeah. rear window. The rear window, yeah. Rear window. Oh, I've got to mention mm. the fact that the cops trying to be inconspicuous <laughs> whilst waiting outside or well they're playing hacky sack or something when they came out yeah kicking something about even even though they know they're behind them anyway yeah it, it's <laughs> incredible isn't it but again that kind of thing would have gone down well in like a pink panther movie so i'm i'm very much imagining whoever wrote the pink panthers or directed the first film has definitely seen this film. Was Blake Edwards directed The Pink Panther, didn't he? Yeah. So you could imagine, yeah, it's like, we're going to give you a bit of a budget, we're going to send you to Europe. Yeah. You know, and The Pink Panther, as well as doing, like, the, the French bit, it, it went into the, the mountains and that. Do you remember the skiing thing, didn't it? Yeah, as well? there was we some car chases yeah. down, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it was generally, it was like, okay, well, we've got the equipment here to do a widescreen, beautiful Technicolor movie. Mm. Why film it? In London, why yeah. film it why in Manchester? Justin Studios, yeah. <laughs> let's let's get out there and show some of this scenery, and that's what that's the theme of it. It was to get people away from the TV screens, as we said, because that was what was happening in the mid fifties. That the cinema industry was dwindling mm. because of it. Well, I say from this, definitely want to see more Cary Grant films and and the rest of Grace Kelly's catalogue. The other, the other half a dozen that you haven't seen, yeah. 
Okay, with that in mind, it's going to be my choice for you next time. Mm. I'm tempted to do another Hitchcock or another Cary Grant or another Grace Kelly, but I think we need to save it because otherwise it's going to get a bit repetitive, a bit, a bit too predictable. I've got, I've got one in mind. Mm. We'll be back after this. Bonsoir, madame.
Ever had a better offer in your whole life? One with everything. I've never had a crazier one. Just as long as you're satisfied. You know as well as I do, this necklace is imitation. Well, I'm not. Now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. Okay, mate, I think we can genuinely say that that was a success. Yeah, very much so. Glad you enjoyed that. I'm, I'm going to throw a few things your way to, to go and look at. Um, might even suggest, I mean, we we're 150 episodes in there. We go back to some of the stuff we've looked at before, me and Charlie, and me and you do them again. Yeah, I mean, that's seven years ago, some of them. Yeah, we're on it. Yes, this summer will be our eighth year. Yeah. So, you know, we can go back and do Rear Window and North by Northwest again, perhaps, or we'll find a way of, of doing it just so that, just to get you in, acquainted with them and introduce you to them. Mm. So, this could have gone either way. I, I could have thought I'll do something a bit newer because you've gone back to the 50s this time. What we're going to do, we're going to stick to 1954. Oh, year before. But this is in black and white. It has got some true Hollywood legends in it including another Hollywood beauty Audrey Hepburn oh okay it's got Mr Humphrey Bogart and it has got William Holden it has also got one of the stars of this film who played the insurance guy John John Williams Williams. it was remade in 95 as a film called Sabrina okay this film is called Sabrina. It's called Sabrina Fair, originally. Didn't Sabrina have Harrison Ford in it? That was it, and Greg... I've, I've seen that. Yeah, Julia Ormond, I think. Yeah. Okay, well, the original Humphrey Bogart, Audrey Hepburn, William Holden. John Williams plays Audrey Hepburn's father in okay. this. Yeah. I'll give you a brief synopsis. Chauffeur's daughter, Sabrina, Audrey Hepburn, returns home from two years in Paris, a beautiful young woman immediately catches the attention of David, William Holden, the playboy son of her father's rich employers. David woos and wins Sabrina, (laughs) (laughs) who has always been in love with him. However, their romance is threatened by David's serious older brother, Linus Humphrey Bogart, who runs the family business and is relying on David to marry an heiress in order for a crucial merger to take place. Okay. Chick flick, romantic comedy almost, but I'm thinking the Hollywood elements. The 50s, it's, we, we've, we're on to a winner at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stick with that. So Bogart must have been definitely coming towards the end this of his... This is another case of an old man, younger woman. Yeah. Holden, not so much in this, but yeah, I mean, um, Bogart died a couple of years after this. Yeah, and I was noticing from this, actually, because Cary Grant was... 
voted the second greatest male ever in movies behind Bogart. <laughs> oh, what, at this time? Yeah. There you go. So, you know, all those Marlon Brandos and the Jimmy Deans coming through weren't having any effect. Yeah. It's still the old school that was winning it. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm just thinking because we've done Roman Holiday, we've done... I'm sure we've done Breakfast at Tiffany's and, you know, all the, all the famous Audrey Hepburn ones. We we've done Casablanca for Bogart. Mm. I haven't done The African Queen yet, but I thought, you know what? Nah, let's let's go with this one. We'll give it a go. I'm happy to uh, give it a go and uh, hopefully enjoy it. Excellent. Well, that's us done for today. Hopefully not too long. We might see a few restrictions lifted that we can get together a bit more often in person, mate. Hope looking, so. Looking forward to it. See you soon, mate. Take care. See you soon, mate. Bye. The management of this theater suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. Astrid, I'm stepping in purple jamboree. It's worse than two cats on a fence. You dudes get lost now, you hear? Good night, ladies. Good night, sir. When you fail down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said Don't wear a frown Try positive thinking Laugh at your troubles instead You've got to look On the bright side On hope so much depends With your confidence sinking Positive thinking Helps you on the way my friend When things look black Try Positive thinking, treat every season as spring. No glancing back, try. Positive thinking, trust what tomorrow may bring. This crazy world that we live in will keep on spinning round. But with good, strong, positive thinking, we'll get together and life won't let us down. Shut up. Oh, shut up. We enjoy it.